Coming up on Podcast 1552, a new report suggests an upgraded and improved battery coming to Teslas sometime in Q4. Stick around, I'll tell you what I know. Also on the podcast today, Volvo starting to establish more plans for uh, building batteries in Sweden. Uh, The BYD Atto 3 arrives in Australia and IKEA adding electric charge points. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening in the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of information. Uh, What happened on Thursday, 4th of August here? It's Martin Lee and I go through every EV story, so you haven't got her. We'll start with news about America's EV charging network finally taking shape. We now know that all 50 states and uh, Puerto Rico and the District of Columbia have now submitted their plans. So let's get into it. Axios.com says the federal government is doling out $5 billion to states to build a nationwide network of highway charging stations to get more people to buy EVs. The taxpayer-funded network is the cornerstone of Biden's ambition to electrify America. The plan is calling for half a million DC fast chargers on the most heavily travelled highways. EV advocates and policymakers say it will boost drivers' confidence, according to Axios.com. So, yeah, now we can tell you that uh, I've been kind of doing this piecemeal, actually. It's almost almost daily, uh, as each state was saying, hey, we've put our details in and this is how we'd spend the money. And and by the way, can you transfer us some money so we'll crack on with it? All 50 states are now submitting plans for their share of the EV charger money. Uh, The infrastructure bill is what makes it possible. Uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg saying, uh, we appreciate the thought and time that states have put into the EV infrastructure plan, which will help create a national charging network where finding a charge is as easy as locating a gas station. Uh, So what do they have to do? They have to create alternative fuel corridors. Man, I cannot wait till the alternative word is removed and EVs are just normal. But anyway, um, uh, no more than 50 miles apart, uh, no more than, I think it's a few miles off major highways. uh, And also uh, DC fast chargers must be 150 kilowatts charge speed. So that is going to be a huge investment when the money starts to be doled out a uh, great a great opportunity you know if you if you are in the uh, uh, the charger making business uh, that's a great uh, great bit of news but also that's a huge project as well in terms of landowners and leasing and electrical connections and we're going to watch that really closely and uh, it's a big undertaking but it will it'll be transformative to how the US treats electric vehicles and feels about EVs. Now, Volvo Group is processing uh, the plan moving forward uh, for battery production in Sweden uh, to meet the growing demand for battery electric heavy-duty vehicles and machines. Volvo is uh, initiating the process for a large-scale battery plant in Sweden. The ramp-up requires large volumes of uh, high-performing batteries, they say. Uh, Martin Lundsted is the president and CEO of Volvo Group. Uh, Volvo is many different things, uh, by the way. Uh, it's not just what makes the road cars. Uh, so you always got to be always ask which bit of Volvo are we talking about here. Uh, but either way, they're talking um, about heavy duty vehicles and machines here, and they say that they found the great region of Sweden to build this new battery plant. Uh, there's existing infrastructure in the area, and it all kind of works to put this place here. And 
uh, Volvo Group's R&D centres and headquarters only a couple of hours away. So that's why they want to establish a battery production plant in Sweden uh, to reach large-scale large scale series production. By 2030, they say, the battery cells designed for commercial vehicles applications uh, for things like rolling out Volvo trucks and Volvo buses and Volvo construction equipment and even electric drive lines for applications. I'll pop a link to that story in the show notes if you'd like to read more. Now, Let's talk about the world's biggest EV battery maker, and that's CATL. Uh, recently, I say recently added to Tesla's suppliers list. It was probably sort of two years ago, and time flies, you know what I mean, in my, in my head. Uh, but CATL, according to a local media outlet, they're called Late Post. So we are going from that source, a Chinese source, and it was yesterday as well. CATL will supply Tesla with their new batteries. Now, their new batteries are called M3P batteries. And if you live in Tesla world, you think, oh, that means Model 3 performance. Well, yeah, but it's not what CATL mean by it. They've called it M3P, but it's nothing to do with Model 3 performances. Um, the new batteries will arrive with Tesla in Q4 of this year. They'll be installed in Model Ys, and they are an improvement in battery chemistry. Elon Musk has said that he's optimistic about the um, technical scheme of applying manganese to batteries, trying to use manganese in batteries for a while now. The source from Tesla said that lithium manganese iron phosphate batteries are also being looked at internally within Tesla. So LFP, uh, lithium iron phosphate adding manganese to them as well, uh, to lithium manganese iron phosphate batteries. Uh, These are um, an improvement on the technology at the moment. At the moment, uh, BYD, Sunwoda, Eve Energy, and others are laying out those exact same chemistries of batteries. Uh, a lot of those are still with the car makers, not ready to go into production cars. Uh, one of the directions of Neo is to do that. Very similar, but uh, CATL have got there with um, commercialising it, I should say, I guess, at at scale and getting it into a car from the end of this year. And that'll be, uh, I would think, to begin with, the Chinese-made Model Y. Now, let's talk BYD. And BYD shipped the first 1,000 Atto 3s to Australia. Uh, Pre-sales began in February, but now the car that is otherwise known as the Yuan Plus in China and in Australia is called the Atto 3. We know the Atto 4 is coming as well, but the Atto 3, um, it went on sale early this year in February. Now, customers, my Aussie listeners down under, hopefully if you've ordered one, you should get yours soon because it's closer than ever to finally being in your driveway. BYD posting to their Twitter account that a 1,000 Atto 3s are now in Australia, uh, they have an official guide price of forty-four nine ninety uh, Aussie dollars, up to forty-seven nine ninety. The BYD Yuan Plus in China comes in five versions, uh, and it, it it will go down to you know the the cheapest ones like twenty thousand US dollars equivalent. Always difficult to do that conversion. It's a compact SUV, by the way, in case you if I, I hadn't mentioned and. In China, it comes with either a 50 kilowatt hour pack or a 60.5 kilowatt hour pack. And of course, there is the ranges that they attach to those of 430 and 510 kilometers. But I think it's always better to know, you know, what, how big is the car? What is the, ideally, what's the efficiency of the vehicle? But, you know, what's the segment? What's the car? What are the battery sizes? And we can start to do uh, those those kind of calculations. But yeah, anything from maybe... 
200 to 240 miles. If those if those battery packs are the available energy and you work on the assumption of four miles per kilowatt hour, I know not everybody does or likes to do that. Um, yeah, you can times that by four. So maybe 200 miles for the, sh- the, the short range one and maybe 240, maybe a bit more. It's a lightweight vehicle. Uh, talking of BYD, by the way, that's the Atto 3 entering Australia. But what about the Seagull? Now, I must admit, I'm not entirely on board with that name, (laughs) but maybe it wouldn't be called that uh, outside of China. But I get it. I get what BYD are doing with their naming conventions. I'm just not sure that I'd be so keen to say, oh, I I bought a new car. I bought the Seagull. (laughs) But no, it's... Cars have been called weirder things, let's face it. Um, it's the smallest EV in BYD's series. Now, it's the Ocean series, so that's why all the names all kind of sound uh, like that. So, uh, the Ocean series Seagull uh, has now been spied in China, and actually some some BYD fans have even put renders together, which is really interesting to look at these, because they're not official, but, you know, they kind of give an idea. Taken from the... Um, spy shots and from the sometimes the regulatory documents the things they have to file you then get a render put together that looks like how it could look like large headlights low bonnet line very very much like a smaller id3 so if you if you imagine like the vw id3 that's already got a stubby front anyway and a very low bonnet i think it looks a little bit like that except less room in the rear and very much less boot room as well. It looks like they've really sacrificed the, the trunk space because you've got the, the back seats and then a small boot space. I mean, it's not Fiat 500 small, but small, and then the rear of the car. And so that's kind of the segment that this car lives in. Inside, look, it looks all very high tech. You've got the nice big screens behind the steering wheel and in the center console. You've got some cup holders in the middle, got wireless charging pad, and then there's a center tunnel underneath with some charging ports and loads of room to put your junk because we all carry our junk around in the car, don't we? And the BYD's uh, Seagull's interior does look, I would say, like an affordable cheaper city car it doesn't look cheap because there's those two big screens which always make the car look a bit more you know tesla ish according to the chinese media it'll come with a 30 kilowatt hour battery lfp obviously so that cheaper chemistry those cheaper batteries and that's a way of getting the price on this vehicle down 95 horsepower motor about 70 kilowatts if you do the conversion um and then also a perform what they, what they call a performance version. So forty five kilowatt hour battery and one hundred and thirty kilowatt motor, one hundred and seventy seven horsepower. But again, a very a very small car. But that's great if you need a a car that ticks those boxes. The BYD Seagull is coming, and again, BYD are one of those companies that we talk about because they're doing stuff outside of China. And I, I like the China news, don't get me wrong, it's just largely in, in, inconsequential because I can see from the downloads of this this podcast, um, you know, it's probably sort of mostly US and Europe. and um, But it's interesting to talk about those because those cars will be coming to other markets. We know that. Right, coming up on the podcast very, very soon. Leave us turned on because we will talk about a big investment in charging um, infrastructure or, or battery infrastructure, I should say, in the US. And um, we'll sort of round up where we are a week later with the EV tax credit situation. Stick around, those stories are on the way.
Now, let's talk about IKEA, adding a 1,000 electric vehicle charging points at stores in Norway and Sweden, saying yesterday that a 1,000 new electric vehicle chargers coming to those areas before the end of 2024. 300 of the new chargers will be DC fast chargers, and they'll be available to customers and co-workers, which is the name they give their teammates, an IKEA co-worker, and also the delivery trucks. Of the 1,000 planned, Norway get 300, and Sweden get the lion's share with 700, but you wouldn't be surprised would you? It's IKEA and it's Sweden. Um, they'll provide um, the land and the charging operator has been chosen as Recharge, not one that I know. But, you know, IKEA aren't managing it themselves, which is good and smart. And hopefully um, that just gives people way more confidence when they go to do their uh, their IKEA shopping and uh, and charge the car. We have them here already because the old, the old electric highway, when it was under old ownership, got into those stores and so now it's owned by GridServe and they've replaced all the hardware and it's fantastic so my local one in Southampton they've got the DC fast charger they've got some slower AC charging as well and you know what you can easily kill a couple of hours in Ikea without realising because I knew that I popped in last week I had to take back some cushion covers (laughs) this is now I'm admitting that now I'm admitting my personal life to you on the podcast um uh, a few weeks ago, I was in there, and I thought, oh, they look like nice cushion covers. They'll suit our lounge. And, of course, when I got home, Mrs. Lee duly informed me they do not suit the lounge. They'll be taken back. Um, and it's fair, I got the colour completely wrong. I don't know what I was looking at, um, but it was a completely wrong shade. And um, so I went back last week, uh, took them back, and I thought, right, well, I'll, I'll do the refund. That'll take five minutes, and Ikea are brilliant with that. Uh, and then I had uh, my little toddler with me, and so... We'll dash and get some lunch. And then, so I put the car on the DC fast charger. I know, I mean, like half an hour. And of course, we're like an hour. And I and it just, I hadn't even ticked because, uh, you know, or clicked rather. And then you think, oh, I'll grab some coat hangers and all the little odds and sods and then just spending a fortune. And the car was, of course, full and I felt bad. I'm a bad, bad EV driver because I'm hogging a DC fast charger. Um, and yes, I should know better. Um, I should have put it on the, on the, on the AC charging, but I didn't even really need a charge. Ah! Um, and so, yeah, IKEA is a great place to put them, but it's good they've got the choice, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And also that I have terrible choice in interior design. Now, let's talk a little bit about SK. Now, this came out last week with all of the news of the tax credit when it broke um, as part of the uh, the wider bill to be passed. And because of that, I did bring it up on the podcast, but I did kind of brush over it a bit. And it was because it all happened the same day. But that's the, the, the management of SK were in the US at the White House announcing additional investments. I just want to run over that again because it's, it's hugely important news. I, th- I, I haven't seen covered anywhere else, by the way. Um, SK, the South Korean company, are investing an additional 22 billion US dollars in semiconductors and battery development in the United States. And uh, the group, SK Group, is launching its EV charger business. They're calling it SK Signet. It used to be called Signet EV, but they bought them in 2021. Five billion US dollars will build EV ecosystems in the US. Uh, it adds to the group's previous investment of seven billion announced in April, with new EV battery gigafactories in Kentucky and Tennessee. And unlike the group's first factories in Georgia, the new factories will be under the SK Group's uh, collaboration, I guess, your joint venture, maybe I should say, uh, with Ford Blue Oval SK. Now, DigiTimes.com's uh, writes SK. 
Battery America runs the Georgia battery factories. Plant number one of 9.1 gigawatt hours, been operation since the beginning of the year. Plant number two, which will be 11.7 gigawatt hours of batteries a year, starts operation next year. And the five factories, so the two in Georgia, two in Kentucky, and one in Tennessee, will have a combined battery production of 150 gigawatt hours every single year, uh, made in the U.S., on U.S. soil, with U.S., I would think, as much materials as possible from 2025. SK on recently announcing its plan, its plans to set up the EV battery uh, material production in North America by partnering with Ford and a local cathode material supplier. So why is all of that important? Well, that's important because of the next story. And I realise it's been about a week and I've not really updated you on the state of the US tax credit update. It's really interesting because it's a market which is a huge car market, but which is behind Europe and China in terms of EVs. So we want to see the US get it right. Now, a tax credit in the Inflation Reduction Act, that's what it's called, um, to spur on EVs at the minute isn't going down too well with car makers because of a lack of battery supply. Ultimately, from the 1st of January next year, $7,500 off the price of a new electric vehicle if some of the key minerals and materials are sourced from the US or countries with a free trade agreement. There are two parts of the new rules, according to Technology Review. Uh, They've nicely summed it up. Uh, Firstly, the limitations around the minerals, the lithium, nickel and cobalt, etc. And that makes one part of it. And then the other part of it is where the battery is made. Uh, And both of these ramp up over time. And so mining, processing and manufacturing, um, if it is done by a foreign entity of concern, you could just write the word China in there, it's going to be a problem. Uh, That takes effect from 2024. 80% of lithium-ion battery cells today are made in China. The country also dominates the supply chain for the materials, critical minerals, and also the cathodes. So it's a real problem. Now, that leads me on to this Yahoo News article I saw, which says that Ford, GM, and Toyota are just some of the car makers making a last-ditch attempt at lobbying to push democrats to try and put some amendments into this act so that if it does become law they can at least get access to the tax credit tough new limits on the cost of evs because they have to be less than 80 grand um, and also how much buyers can earn in terms of their income if they're joint filing it's it's higher but still you know that they're pretty high limits you would say but the automakers are running out of time to get the tax credit rules tweaked. So far, they're not making headway, though. Senators have been unwilling to consider any substantial changes that would upset this delicate balancing act that's been done, Uh, namely because one of the senators, uh, the US Senator uh, Manchin, uh, Joe Manchin, uh, has been against EV tax credits for a very long time. And so to get him to compromise and agree and put them in, and he he won some concessions as well, don't get me wrong, for the area of the state that he represents. You don't want to, you know, they want to just get this through. It's a compromise deal rather than going back and then going back and arguing and then losing his support. So whilst he's in support of it, I guess what I'm trying to say is strike while the iron is hot. And that's a problem for the car makers who at the minute are using batteries with enough Chinese minerals, materials, cathodes 
which means they wouldn't get access to the full tax credit. And that's a problem for the car makers, and more than I realised. Now, according to Reuters.com, the car makers want Joe Manchin to revisit his proposal, uh, raising fears that it'll be largely unworkable and that they'll all miss out. He responded yesterday with little interest. I have a quote from him. Uh, He says, Tell the automakers to get aggressive and make sure that we're extracting in North America. We're processing in North America and we put a line on China. I don't believe that we should be building a transportation mode on the backs of foreign supply chains. I'm not going to do it, is the quote from Joe Manchin. So uh, I didn't realise that they had to fight so hard the likes of Ford, GM, Toyota, named, but I think more as well. I, I don't know if, if, I don't know. And I'm trying to work this out with my friends and colleagues in the US who know the US market more than I do. But still, it's my job to understand it for you. I don't know if any car maker in the US from the 1st of January, if any of them can access the full $7,500 federal tax credit because they've all got a bit of China or too much um, in the battery. We'll have to wait and see. Right. Final story. And BMW latest car maker to uh, to give us their results and you know how this one goes uh, so I'll spare you the pain latest financial results show that sales are down deliveries are down 13.7% but guess what is up you know how this one ends already yes electric cars are the only bright spot for BMW the iX and the i4 doing very well, uh, going up 102.4% in the first six months of the year in the US. The iX and the i4, with the i7 due to launch later this year, also up more than 150%. I will point out, though, if you didn't used to sell any cars last year, and now you are, it's easy to make percentages look good, right? Um, At Mini, total deliveries were down a fifth. Guess what? EVs, up 37%. What a surprise. So there we go, automakers. Make more EVs and people will buy them. Shock horror. That's your podcast for today. Question of the week is taking a wee break for a while, but it will return. Thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley, and the continued success of EV, EV Review Island, a YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK, uh, Octopus Electric Juice, that's the card you need to make your public charging simple, not just here in the UK, but further afield as well, one card, one map, and one app, and book your breakaway at milbrookcottages.co.uk, a wonderful family-run business. Five-star luxury cottages in Devon. Have a good one, see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.